This is another episode of the Annoyed Not Offended podcast. For people who are never in a bad mood, everyone else is just annoying. And I'm your host, Sydney. Let's dive into what's getting under our skin this week. Okay. Welcome back, you guys, for another episode of the Annoyed Not Offended podcast. Again, this is a podcast for the constantly irritated but unoffended individuals. You know, everything does get on our nerves, but not exactly everything gets under our skin. That's how I'm going to start saying it. But it is not our fault that everything is just annoying as usual. As always, I'm your host, Sydney, discussing the latest and greatest in the news of what has gotten on my nerves this week. And you guys... New week, new guests. As you can see, it's been taking me a bit longer to conjure up these episodes, but I'm here nonetheless, still working to find bigger and better guests. This week, I am joined by a new acquaintance um, who's come on to discuss a rather like serious issue um, such as cyber stalking. And I am happy to have another Black woman with me here today to discuss this issue. So Amber, do you want to give a quick introduction? Sure. Yeah. My name is Amber. I am a St. Louis native, now living in New Orleans, Louisiana. I love it here. And um, I am here because I have firsthand experience with it, with cyber stalking. And just want to kind of weigh in on just, especially being having the perspective of a Black woman, um, just kind of what all that entails and just kind of how it really does play into your mental and emotional health. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, not a problem. I'm just happy that you were forthcoming about speaking out about this. Um, I kind of made a post on social media looking for somebody who had firsthand experience and that felt comfortable enough to share their own experience and insight, which I think is something that you don't get most times when you read an article about things happening or even research. So again, I wanted another Black woman, considering a lot of my audience can relate to that more. And I'm just happy that Amber is here with me today. So starting off with the very first segment of the show, we have fed up or up. So this is just allowing my audience to get to know my guests better because what better way to know somebody than know what's getting under their skin and what's got on their nerves this past week. So I'll start off. Um, one thing that has me fed up is just a conversation I've recently had with my friend, which is, you know, show up for me in the way I expect or you just need to hit the highway. Because, you know, I had this conversation with my friends this past weekend, as I do. I feel like a lot of topics that I have on the show, Um, but nonetheless, it's a good topic. But um, we were discussing how we expect our support system to show up for us when we're going through a tough time. And Mm. when we're going through this like period of needing more support or just like kind of going through the circumstances of life, we have expectations of how we want these people to support us. So, you know, how can you address people and allow people to kind of bring you up? But one thing that we've noticed is that when you go to people that you're close to, say, a family member, a really close friend, when you kind of put it out there that, hey, 
I'm not receiving the sort of support I expected from you. People can be combative about this. And a lot of times people are like, oh, well, you know, you're usually the stronger person or I didn't know you were going through that or, oh, I'm going through my own kind of rough time. And it's very interesting, like when you think more about it, because even then, I feel like sometimes people are a little bit more hesitant to tell people the kind of support that they need. And you guys, when I'm talking about showing up, I'm just talking about bearing witness to other people's like pain and joy and just their true selves and validating these experiences that they've had and trying to help them ease their load. So say, for instance, you have a friend that's recently lost their job. You're like, you know, I can't just outright give you however much money you are making hourly, but if you do need some help with some more resources or want to talk to somebody or even want more help with your resume, like I'm the person to come to. Whereas sometimes people are more hesitant because they just feel like, well, I got my own shit going on. I can't exactly help that person. And it's hard to see, but Again, I I just know in my own personal experience, I've always been frustrated when people aren't receptive to this. And I don't think it'll hinder a relationship if you listen to a person just outright vent about how they feel the lack of support is falling on your end. Like, you don't have to have a rebuttal to everything. Sometimes you can just listen because a lot of times... I feel like when you have known people for so long, you kind of already have these expectations in your mind of how they'll handle things and you just kind of fall back, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, so to go back to your original point, like you you said you were upset about the way that some of your friends responded to things whenever you bought mm-hmm. into them. And I think that that just talked to me, that just makes me think about like one, like you have to know who you can go to and who mm-hmm. has the capacity and like, yeah, mm-hmm. people do have things going on and people have like, you know, their own life stuff. And so some folks just don't have the capacity. And so usually when I bring stuff to my friends, I'm like, hey, do you have the capacity to deal with this right now? Do you have, mm-hmm. because you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that there are some friends that will always say yes, and always have to, you know, always be able to be open, but some friends just don't have the capacity sometimes. They just can't be mm-hmm. what you need them to be at that time. And that's mm-hmm. okay. You know, I think we try to be holding space for our friendships and like, you know, in both ways, like in terms of like, needing that support but also being like hey you got your own stuff going on you know mm-hmm. um and I think also like you um you know you learn over time like who you can give things to who you, who can support you who's able to really like be the person that you should go to and so if you know this friend last time they they hit the way I need to hit like I'm not gonna go to the next time you know what I mean like yeah and you don't doesn't mean that you don't love them as a friend and you don't think that they're a good friend you just know that's not that friend for that thing right that's the um, same way we categorize friends in certain ways so I think that that's kind of how I've dealt with them my friends like I know some friends I can go to with the heavy stuff or with the hard stuff and some friends just ain't those people and that's mm-hmm. okay <laughs> so you and that's learn. very true I'm glad you brought that up because sometimes a lot of people don't have that capacity to be as like nurturing and more of having that caregiver mentality right. and you don't want to kind of burden them sort of speak as well but it is like a learning process and you do kind of go throughout your life realizing this with people and even then I feel like when I've had these conversations I I've noticed more those friends that are receptive to what I'm saying and those that aren't and those that aren't like you said you can only go so far with them in a lot of spaces but 
you know, just in general, just uh, after like a message to my audience and to my listeners, you guys still take into account that every people, people have different expectations in the ways that you can show up for them. You know, some people I've met who, when they're going through a really hard time, they kind of want to be alone. Then some people, they want more calling and texting and checking up on them and don't feel like it's childish to actually ask a person, like, what can I do to support you? Because I think a lot of times we just make assumptions in our head, like, oh, this is exactly what the person wants when it's like, no, not really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that that, that's definitely just like over time, especially certain friends, like if you've known for a long time, you don't need to know people, you know, their patterns and the ways, you know, what, what they can or cannot Mm-hmm. And they're able to, you know, like really deal with. And so I think that, yeah. And then, yeah, I think that's just a matter of learning how each other's friendships are. And I think there are even sometimes where you can bring something to somebody and you, you know, really have expectation that maybe that they can deal with it. And if they, and they can't, and it's like, you know, you learn on the spot and it sucks sometimes that you have to do it that way. But, you know, I think that's just like growing pains of friendship and it's okay for, um, for different friends to have different spaces in your life in terms of like what they can handle, what they can. So definitely agree. So Amber, has anything had you fed up this week? Can you think of anything? I mean, Instagram and Facebook being down today was definitely a fed up moment. I was like, what am I supposed to do with my day? Like actually work the whole day. Like, yeah. <laughs> like so that was very interesting to me. I was like, is it my phone? Like my phone's up. I think phone. that was everybody. Everybody was, was like, everybody. wait a second, why is it just not loaded? I went to t- I went to Twitter and that Twitter was fine because they had a different you know different uh group of uh, company and all that. So of course everybody was on Twitter like talking about the issues with Facebook, Instagram, and uh, WhatsApp. So mm-hmm. yeah, I was fed up about that today. But um, I'm trying to think of anything else I was fed up about today. Not really. Um, yeah, not not at the top of the moment that I can think about. But yeah, I definitely was like on edge, not being able to get social media all day. <laughs> so and I think that happens to us too when you kind of get into that pattern of checking your different apps when something is wrong with Instagram or Facebook. You was like, you're like, okay, so I can't open it, but it's just a habit of me yep. going to it. And two. It's crazy when you think about like how much money they'll lose just in terms of that period where people could not post content. And I saw somebody make a wonderful point just from the standpoint of being uh, like a content creator and stuff. Yeah, please realize that you cannot only promote on one platform. How sometimes people are like, oh, I really don't need a website for this. I got Instagram. There are all these features. No, y'all, you need a website. And by y'all, I'm speaking to myself as well, because I need to get it together and get a website just so my content can have more of a home. You know, social media is nice in terms of driving promotion and connecting with other people, but it's still very much a thing for sites to go down for a period of time or there to be glitches. So you kind of have to think, okay, what's the most bulletproof way? Yep. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was a full work day. It was down for, for at least eight hours, I believe. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. it was for sure. Cause they were even saying how, which site was it? I feel like it was on Twitter too. Uh-huh. Instagram, you know, they have their own like handle on Twitter and they were even yes. on Twitter tweeting and Twitter was like, wait a second. 
Where are you? Instagram and uh, WhatsApp both tweeted at Twitter. <laughs> it was funny, yeah. Yeah, so you have to, yeah, be ready to be flexible, be fluid when it comes to like content creation and what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm not someone who has any kind of money making, um, you know, features or, or you mm-hmm. know, on, on endeavors on Instagram or Facebook, but, you know, just being able to get on there and like check in on people and check in what's going on in, in the world, you know, mm-hmm. news, people get news from those places. And so even that, like, if you don't have any other outlet you're looking at news wise, you were down for a full eight hours, figuring out what's going on in the world. So, yeah. Hey, that's how I feel when it's like a blackout or anytime the lights go out. I'm like, I'm just so disconnected from the world. Yeah. I have nothing. And it's like, girl, you can go outside and go to the park. You will be fine. Right. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, I just do something different. Like, over, like after a few couple hours, I was like, okay, I have to figure out what else I'm going to do for a little breaks. But Okay. So, you guys, moving on to the main topic and main segment of the show, we have the Make It Make Sense segment. So again, you guys, you know, typically some of our topics are a little bit more lighthearted and humorous, but we're getting more into the serious realm, just in terms of speaking about cyberstalking. So for just a general background and definition, cyberstalking is the use of internet or other electronic means to stalk or harass an individual group or organization. Um, It may include false accusations, defamation, slander, liable, and so forth. Um, It can also happen to include a lot of things like monitoring, identity theft, threats, and so forth. Just the general, I feel like, view of stalking, just in the sense of is online, usually on some sort of like digital platform or through like email communication, but it is a growing issue just in terms of how much we use social media and how much we are online and how much of our jobs require us to be online and have personal information out there, which is sort of scary. But um, according to the Pew Research Center survey of U.S. adults, in September, it found that 41% of Americans have personally experienced some form of online harassment, which 41%, I feel like, is a large number, just thinking about the American population. And most times the stalking is carried out by somebody the victim knows, an ex-spouse, an ex-partner, even a former associate. It's just usually a kind of more personal thing. Like this person is personally taking it out. There can be, I feel like, forms or issues where it's somebody that the victim doesn't typically know, but that isn't quite as common. And again, considering how much we share online, it's really scary that there is the potential for somebody to become obsessed with you and tracking your every move and saying all these weird things or even the cases I've heard of people like pretending to be the person that they're stalking and reaching out to other people that the victim actually knows. And it's kind of weird and wonky because you don't know who could be pretending to be you, even in that sense. Like if one of my friends personally, I would always text them, but say for instance, I'm just on Instagram and I get a weird DM from one of my close friends and they just saying this outlandish stuff. They're like, oh, you know, this is my new page because something happened. I would immediately text my friend like, wait a second, do you, did something happen with your Instagram? Do you know this person? Because this is just unlike them. But again, 
this is something I haven't personally dealt with, but I do know plenty of people that have experienced this. And so that's why I'm happy to have Amber on today who can share her experience and just speak more on how she addressed Cyberstock. And so Amber, would you mind, you know, sharing any details just on what you've experienced so far? Yeah, so I, um, I, in January of this year, 2021, I started receiving texts from a number that was um, not known to me. So it was just like a regular 10 digit number. And it was not from an area, zip code, I'm sorry, an area code that I lived in or ever lived in. So I just, I knew it was familiar with it though, mm-hmm. because it was the area code that was like adjacent to a zip code I, or area code I lived in before, mm-hmm. but it wasn't one I ever lived in myself. And so I was like, who is this? Like, and then it was just really hateful things, calling me names, calling me out of my name, call, you know, um, addressing my um, my body, addressing my sexuality, and just being really hateful um, and really mean, saying really mean things, but never actually saying who they were or how they knew me or how they knew the information about me. None of the information was, and to this day, I still don't, still don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have ideas who I think it is, but that's happened and it's gone on for 10 months now, since it's oh, wow. January until now, which is October. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's been really interesting because I had not responded for about eight months. I did not say anything back. I never, and they were texts from different numbers. I blocked one number, text from different number, um, saying similar things. Um, and they even even went so far as one point in my old residence to send a letter, which means they knew where I lived, which was really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as I know, I don't know if it's a man or woman. I think it's a man. I have no idea why they're doing it or the relationship that I may have had with them in the past. But mm-hmm. they are clearly upset with me. They clearly are hateful and you know mm-hmm. miserable because I don't. Who has time? I don't know. But that's about everything that's happened so far. Wow. And even then for you to say that this person has gone out of their way to like text you from a different number and still say these things, it does kind of put it in the back of your mind. Like this person is still like watching me, so to speak, or still having whatever hatred in their mind about me, because it yeah. doesn't make sense to keep that for such a long period of time and still never address and say, I'm this person exactly. or I'm that person. So yeah. And I they, think that's more frightening. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because they haven't made any like direct threats. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to do this or that. Nothing like that has happened. It's been more just like, yeah, like mean, hateful things. And they have addressed things on my Instagram. So it makes you think they actually know. So I've made my Instagram private since then. But like, mm-hmm. I already had thousands of followers. So I'm like, how do I even weed out who may already have my Instagram? I have to get a whole new page. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they're like changing my number. I'm like, do I want to do that? Like me doing that kind of thing is like, to me, in essence, letting them win. I'm like, I don't want to change my life because of this person. I can mm-hmm. just ignore them. And so that's what I've attempted to do, just ignore them um, and, you know, just let it be. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it, it's taxing and it's hurt. It's like, hard. it's not, it's, it's hurtful and it's like annoying, but it's also violating in a way. Like, I feel mm-hmm. violated. Who is this person? Why are they addressing me? Why are they worried about me? Mm-hmm. And then I don't know who they are. So it's like, where do they live? They live here? They live, you know, in St. Louis? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that can definitely kind of be more like taxing just when you think to the extent that it is. Because like you said, you, you still don't know who this person is. So you're kind of like, 
not saying it could be anybody, but you're just like, it could be anybody set off by anything because, you know, I feel like a lot of times and just when I looked up certain cases with people who have had um, cyber stalkers or have been stalked in general, they're just like, sometimes it was my ex-boyfriend's ex-girlfriend or Sometimes it was a random person that I met while out at this event and they just got whatever fixation on me. And I've never understood that. Like, how can somebody have enough like hatred or aggression in their heart to go about just harassing somebody on a constant basis? Yeah, they have to have a lot of time on their hands to really be like watching my Instagram, responding based on my Instagram or responding to my, you know, story based on my friends. They were just some of my friends in some of their, like, things, like, about friends I've either, like, either posted or people that i talked to in the past. And mm-hmm. that's what makes me think it's somebody that's, like, I used to date or somebody adjacent to someone I used to date. But mm-hmm. I really don't know. And honestly, it's just, like, this person has to have some level of fixation on me. Mm-hmm. Obsession, maybe obsession, but fixation on me for them to really consistently do this. Mm-hmm. And, and then, like you said, to go to the extent of watching associates and friends, you have to, you, something has to be wrong for you to not only be fixing oh, yeah. it on me, but you're going out of your way to watch my friends and catch glimpses of me. Like, I don't know, have your, how do your friends feel about this? Have they said anything, any family members? Um, yeah, I mean, friends of mine have, you know, sent texts from their phones or called their phone to see I think it's like a Google voice number, which is not traceable. So I just think that they are just being really like, you know, making sure that nobody can like figure out who they are. But like, and I've also never been like, who is this? Cause I'm just like, if they wouldn't tell me who they were, they would tell me who they were. Mm-hmm. And also it's more for them. It seems like it's like a game of trying to be like, yeah, like I know who you are, what you got going on. And I'm just being, you know, hateful and petty with you. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily trying to reveal who they are and they want like that they're trying to like hurt me per se. Mm-hmm. which you know it's still like it's still like weighs on you in a certain way and still like scary in a certain way and but yeah my friends have been like well respond like this I'm like responding I don't think it's gonna help I thought not responding would help but it has not stopped them from continuing to reach out oh, wow. so I was like okay if I don't respond they'll just go away and mm-hmm that for you know you think like I'm not feeding into it I'm there's nothing being done on my on my part to like trigger any responses they can clearly see like I want nothing to do with this I am moving on I'm ignoring you but if anything that might be like fueling them like oh so she go ignore me well I'm just gonna keep doing this which is yeah crazy yeah and that's what my thinking I'm like I don't know what to do to let the leave for them to leave me alone. Like, how can you, how can I, if I don't respond, it doesn't matter. If I do respond, you just come back with more. Like, and I've never, until like literally like last month, I had never responded. Like I said, my friend had used one of the numbers that they texted from, mm-hmm. responded to them about something that they addressed at my friend, like they addressed my friend from a story post I posted. And so like, I just, yeah, I just assumed that they, knew that person which gave me a more like thought like oh maybe they're in St. Louis because this person was in St. Louis you know like but I don't know what their motive is and what the outcome they want for me is like I don't know so I just have resolved that you know at this point I 
you know, I don't believe really in law enforcement help. I don't think they can do much, especially people of color and black people. So I haven't even thought about going there, but I do have friends who are in the cyberspace and like maybe could help with, you know, tracking or even just like figuring out how to like lock my security down so that I can be feel more secure mm-hmm. in like, you know, my space in my like cyberspace. But as of right now, I literally have no idea or about what that should be next more than talk to somebody who's professional. Yeah. And I was going to say, even in terms of like, I can see it being like mentally draining and very fatiguing, especially when you said this person just pops up out of the blue. Like, how do you even go about like protecting your mental in this instance? Yeah. I mean, I've blocked the numbers. This is probably a block, like four numbers at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just try to be on guard. If I see a number, I don't know. Like, okay, it might be this person texting you know, because I guess I need to figure out a way if I can like unknown numbers, like not even get them fielded to my phone, like, or get them filled to like that request box. Mm-hmm. I'll probably need to change that on my phone, but like, yeah, I don't even know how to, how to go about like not seeing it so that it doesn't mess up my like mental, mm-hmm. like I'm just thinking about ways to like lock my security down or lock my like, you know, Instagram down more. And so mm-hmm. that's where I am now. But yeah, I have since tried, have since stopped trying to figure out who it is. Like, who is it? It's a person who has a men- some mental stuff going on and mm-hmm. literally needs help. And I can't concern myself with who it is and why they're doing it because it doesn't, it, 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 won't, it won't matter. It's not mm-hmm. going to make sense. So, and I definitely agree there because it's more of a thing of like, you know, I don't, I don't want to entertain this because that's going to take more of my energy than necessary, but it's still like, at the end of the day, I'm just trying to go about enjoying my day, minding my business. And here comes yeah. this little person saying yeah. this stuff like, oh, you're a bitch. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. And it's just yep. like, what do you gain out of this? Right. No, I don't. And I literally don't. I mean, honestly, it's, it's, I honestly, and to talk to like address, I know you wanted to talk about ties into mental health or whatever. And um, I think one piece of it that's really interesting to me is that, you know, to me, it is like, to me, it does weigh on my psyche a little bit, but to this, for this person, this person has to have a mental health issue going on for them to be doing this consistently, consistently be like trolling, watching what I have going on, all of that. Mm-hmm. There has to be a mental health issue going on for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, first and foremost, if this person didn't ever come to me formally this is who I am. You hurt me in this way. I'm more than willing to talk to you and be like, Hey, I didn't intend to do that. If this was like somebody I've dated before or, or somebody of a friend of somebody I dated before. I don't, you know, something like that. Like I don't have a problem with talking and addressing and then and being accountable to my actions. If I've hurt you or if something's happened, but for you to do this in this way, it just seems like there's definitely a, like an internal issue going on and you have your own mental health issues and you are, Using this as an outlet, basically. Yeah, exactly. To like seek some kind of revenge or whatever feeling you need, you know, to feel like you made some kind of like atonement. I don't know, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's really sad that this person feels like they need to do this to to fulfill whatever desire that they have to to do this. So yeah, and. I know when I was doing some research just about cyber stalking to kind of see just the number and the data on it, in general, women are at a greater risk than men for stalking victimization. However, 
both are likely to still experience harassment. But I feel like a lot of times, just as a woman, there's always this conversation of people just being in your space and doing things that are creepy and not necessarily things that make you very comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, And even then, just these numbers, 41% of adults have personally experienced online harassment and Mm -hmm. 25% have experienced more severe harassment. Most times these are younger adults. If anything, young women in general, we receive most of the gripe. Like not only are we gonna experience some type of stalking victimization, but it might be sexual harassment. People commenting on your body, making lewd comments and things of that nature. And it's just so tough being a woman because we always have to be on guard for these yeah. things. Not saying that men don't, but just thinking about how many times you hear of, you have to be careful or where are you going at this time? Or you need to yeah. have this weapon or get a gun or do this. And it's like, why can I not just be? Yep. Even recently, like everything that's happening in the St. Louis area with these women who've been, you know, either harassed or hurt or killed. Yes. Um, and that's just in real world, let alone cyber world. But like, yeah, like the amount of things that we have to think about in terms of like protecting ourselves mm-hmm. and having just like safe spaces to, just to live and be, it's really sad. And yeah, it's it's a, it's a, another added thing to black women <laughs> having to deal with, you know, on top of all of the other things we're dealing with. Um, and so, yeah, it's really scary. And, um, you know, first and foremost, like, I think that I am myself, I think I am myself just somebody who mentally, I have a, you know, sound head and and I'm I'm not Mm -hmm. um, easily swayed or scared, you know, by things. Mm -hmm. And so I can't imagine somebody who isn't where I am mentally and emotionally who, Mm -hmm. you know, who's healing and whole and work, you know, and at a place where I feel like I'm stable somebody who isn't experiencing this, mm-hmm. you know, one thing can throw them off, you know, and mm-hmm. people can start having feelings of, you know, being depressed or, you know, even thinking about like hurting themselves or, you know, all those mm-hmm. kinds of things that happen once you start having those feelings. And so I can't imagine somebody who wasn't as, who isn't as in the same space mentally as I am mm-hmm. um, dealing with something like this, you know what I mean? And dealing mm-hmm. with what could happen in the after effects of something like this to them. For sure. And I I love how you brought up what's going on in St. Louis. You know, a lot of my listeners and audience, they live in St. Louis. So people are very familiar with the fact that there has been more targeted crimes to sex workers and Black women in general. And I know outside of St. Louis, I still feel like I hear these stories on a national scale, just all of these people going missing or all of these circumstances of people just being like murdered and and harmed or even harmed in a way that was brought on by somebody watching them and somebody picking up on little things, just their daily routine or things that you would not take into consideration. Like I know, for instance, um, one story that was on a lot of outlets was the coverage revolving involving um, an Instagram influencer from Texas who unfortunately was found murdered in her apartment and it was believed that a man was like looking on her Instagram and keeping up with all of these different things and that's how he knew her whereabouts and different spaces that she would be in and it's just like 
wow, I'm just posting where I went with a friend or a jog or me going out to eat at a restaurant. I know me personally, just outside of thinking somebody's always going to be watching me, I've always posted after I've left a certain location or if I'm out to eat, it might be 30 minutes or like an hour or so later, just because that's how I am in general. But yeah, now, taking that into consideration, that's probably the smarter thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Even now, like I'm such a, I'm such a millennial. I'm <laughs> such a social media person. I'm always on, you know, posting what I'm doing and just like, I, I just took a big trip. I went out the country and I posted while I was there, you know, doing all the things I was doing. And, and the part of it is just really to like, have friends and family share in my experience and then part of it is like this is for me to document for myself you know and mm -hmm. just to have like a, a track record of everything I did and just to have be able to look at those memories mm -hmm. and now I'm like well shoot I gotta wait I get back to the states like, oh, I gotta wait until after I've been gone for that, from that place for like 30 minutes an hour before I post because someone might be looking for me or trying to you know see where I am and Mm -hmm. Just having to do those mental gymnastics, this is really unfortunate and it's mm -hmm. sad that we have to do that. But yeah, it's definitely a safety measure that's at this point definitely something we should be looking into doing like consistently. And, and I think that it's, yeah, it, it's safe and it's smart. So yeah, it's definitely, like you said, it is taxing, but just taking into consideration having more of like the safer outcome, you just want to yeah. be sure that, like, okay. I did this. So it's kind of like a little security measure. Like, look, I know I'm not there. So whatever happens afterwards. Right. And again, it's crazy because just like building a connection online with people, even just like making friendships and yeah. learning different things. I know, for instance, with my podcast, I have made a lot of podcasting friends that don't live in the state I'm in, that I mm -hmm. haven't met in person, but we've built this relationship through them either resharing um, promotions or telling me about opportunities or being like, oh, this person would be a good guest. So while I do appreciate that, I do always keep it in the back of my mind. Like, I really don't know this person. I only can judge yeah. them based off of these very far and few interactions that we've had, which is yeah. unfortunate, but that's the kind of world we live in when you think about building these connections online. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I am, I'm a very like people person. I'm very much like very friendly, very outgoing. I don't meet strangers. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like finding myself like every turn, I'm like, oh, this new person, who is this? Do I have to research them first, see who they, my, my mutual friends are, all that kind of thing. And it really sucks because it, it does, it, it does in a certain way, like kind of hinder the fostering of like authentic and organic like interaction with people that you have to like find out all the information before you feel like you can just talk to this person you know what I mean mm -hmm. um whereas you know in order to like yeah when you're like trying to just build natural organic interaction with people you wouldn't do that naturally you know but because of yeah because of all of us you know scariness of this the way that people you know use social media and use cyber stalking and use um, the platforms to, yeah, to, to learn about people in ways that are malicious and seedy. Mm -hmm. You have to kind of do that for yourself as a precaution now. For sure. I even saw somebody talk about recently, I, this is something that would have never crossed my mind, but again, just because of how like ways people can think of things, you know, at the end of the day, I know, <laughs> 
this is not a joke, but my mom is always like, you know, a criminal is going to be a criminal. If people are criminal minded, they they can find a way to do what they want to do. But somebody was saying online how a lot of times people will be like, oh, new car, new apartment, and they'll post images of their keys that in some cases people can use those images to make 3D prints of said keys. Wow. So you, technology is so advanced in a lot of ways that we don't always think of that those criminals and people who are criminal minded can take it that extra step. Yeah. Wow. I haven't heard of anybody doing that, but just, but just still thinking like, yeah, something as simple as, oh yeah, it's not even, I'm not even showing my address. I'm just showing a key to my apartment. If somebody were to figure it out, they can easily do that. Like that's crazy, but it is still very much something that people have to be aware of. Um, I know they were even talking about as far as like preventative measures, just again, limiting personal information online, what you share, uh, you know, where your job is, different things like that, where your gym is, things that are more personal, you should kind of keep a little bit more sacred always resetting those passwords. I know I have a lot of family members that work in tech and cybersecurity and they're always Mm -hmm. like, make sure you reset your password or you have like a two step authentication process. Yeah. So it's coming to a phone or it's some type of special questionnaire that nobody would be able to guess. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Oh, yes. And I have so many passwords. I actually have one on my phone now like oh these are compromised for some breach I'm like I gotta change all these passwords like and so no one's actually in my stuff but there's a potential that like they've been like some passwords have been you know breached or whatever so I'm just like just thinking about that it's just so much like you have to like yeah secure and just be like have locked up a certain way and so yeah I've been thinking because of this I've been thinking a lot more about the way in which I move throughout cyber world in the way mm-hmm. in which I moved about even the regular world mm-hmm. because of yeah because of the, the experience I've had this year with the cyber stalker so yeah and again I feel like this is something that is so unfortunate to have happened to you but I'm happy you're here and you're still like you said you still feel somewhat of like a mental stability and in a place where you feel like you know I don't want to deal with this but I, I do still know that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah. Like whoever this is, like I said, eventually inevitably they will go. I mean, mm-hmm. I, they can't do this forever or it will escalate something else. And then I have to figure out when that comes and I hope, which I hope God forbid that happens. But my thinking is, you know, like you are only going to get so much out of this experience that you're trying to, you know, in terms of like interact with me in this way. Mm-hmm. And, Hopefully, eventually, you'll just leave me alone. <laughs> and you know yeah. what, though? I'm definitely praying they do because, again, that just, what do you gain out of this? I am so very confused. Your point. I'm a person who I can get upset, I can hold a grudge, but never in my life have I thought, yeah, I'm just going to go about the rest of my days harassing this person. This Ooh, person. Let me text him and say this, or let yep. me try to get under their skin with this and still having to go out of my way to watch them. Like, do you yep. know how many other things you could be using and putting forth that energy into? Like, so many. Like, I'm literally like, what else could you be doing besides, leave? like, just leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> Truly, like, go away. 
But yeah, I don't know why they're doing it or what they're getting out of it. But mm-hmm. like they can't see, like they don't know, you know. And I've been very selective with like who I share what's happening with. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, I got a soccer, and I make a joke out of it. But I'm also like, I'm not saying what they're saying or like the, you know the kinds of. Things. I'm being very selective about that just because I feel like you know the more that I talk about it, I feel like the more energy I give to it, the more if they n- find out. You know, they're going to continue to, oh, this is getting to this person. Oh, they're sharing it with this, you know, mm-hmm. and then they'll continue to move to, to do things. So I'm like, let me just keep it quiet, you know, let it be or whatever. So that's that's what I've been doing. And you know what? Again, I really, like you said, I hope it doesn't escalate to anything else. And whoever this is, it is shed light upon who, because I feel like in a lot of these situations, you can only go so long before who you are is revealed like you can't hide behind a screen forever you can't pretend or do this and think forever oh I'm gonna be untraceable that's not how the world works and especially when you're doing something as harmful yeah this just why yeah yeah my my thing is like this person is also just a coward because Mm -hmm. if you cared so much to like that I bothered I bothered you that much or hurt you or whatever that much then you would just come out from around the computer screen or the phone mm-hmm. and you would tell me who you were and we would have a heart to heart, like mm-hmm. an adult conversation about whatever it is that you're mad or frustrated or angry about or whatever, you know, or heard about mm-hmm. this person is resolved to, you know, sending these petty texts and mm-hmm. hurtful things, but not ever saying who they are or what exactly it is that was that I was doing and honestly based on what they said it's literally just me living a life of freedom and joy that's literally why they're upset (laughs) because I'm happy because Mm -hmm. I'm free because Mm -hmm. I'm joyful because I'm you know like open with my like sexuality with my life like I they they're upset about it it just seems like that's what it is Mm -hmm. Um, that I've you know that I've created a new life for myself in a new city that's to the extent of what I've seen them text me that's literally what it is <laughs> so like so you're just mad that I'm happy okay that's fine that's and that's all it is if it's nothing I've actually done to hurt you like your heart your feelings like fine very but much so that people are like that though very much so and again you guys if you or someone you know is dealing with this please offer them some extent of compassion or try to help them um in any sort of way and offer them support because you never know what people are going through just mentally when somebody is harassing them and sending them things, especially if it's escalating to the point of them threatening violence. Like, I definitely feel like even if you don't go to the police, still make sure there are some steps in place to keep yourself safe. Like, that's always a big priority, safety first. And as women, Black women especially, just be conscious of the things that you're sharing in line, online just in terms of your location and where you're going to be and other things that are more like sensitive information. Yeah. I'm not saying don't be yourself online, don't show different stuff. Like, you know, we all go post a little cute bikini pic or we out with our friends looking cute, things right. of that nature, but still just being very precautious because that's the world we live in. At the end of the day, unfortunately, we live in a world where we have to take precautions just to make sure we good at the end of the day. Like you yeah, should always definitely. be your number one priority. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. So 
yeah, I've just been into the person. Like I honestly have compassion for this person. I'm not upset. I'm not angry. Um, I'm annoyed. I'm frustrated, but I'm not angry. I'm just really like this person's going through something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they need help. And so, and usually the people that, are, that do these kinds of things, you know, it's small as just, you know, somebody commenting a heart, heart purple table thing on your, you know, post to somebody, you know, hurting you physically. Those people are going through something. And it's not mm-hmm. like you should like brush it aside, but you should also recognize the humanity in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because whoever it is, like, that's what I try to remember. This person's a human. They're, just, they're human and mm-hmm. they have whatever issues they have going on and whatever that is triggering them is, you know, is something that they in themselves are dealing with. Right. And so I just try to make, keep that piece also at, at the forefront so that I, that doesn't like overwhelm me with like this, like, Oh, this like big, bad person. Like, no, it's just a human. That's just whatever issue they're having, they're having, and they're taking it out on me at the moment. So. And I think that's a very unique and, like big ups to you for having that perspective because you know a lot of people wouldn't they'd be like well this person is this and they're that whereas you're just like at the end of the day they have some things that they need to figure out on on their end I'm good on my end but whatever they going through is something because at the end of the day you just know like what what does this bring you what value does this set to you even if you were to hold a grudge or have whatever issue with me in the past it would make more sense for us just to squash it and come to some sort of resolution but obviously that person is still in a very negative mental space that they can't do that they still have to resort to things that are more childish and petty they have to be like depressed (laughs) like they have to be having some kind of like they need medication mental health issue but Mm -hmm. it is what it is yes and again you guys if like I said before Make sure if you know of any resources or anything like that to share them with people. I'll definitely find some things on my end that I can share at the end of this episode, um, just in the description, as well as some promotion. But you guys, moving on to the very last segment of the show, we have a You Are Drove. So this is a dedicated to current news that I've seen just in terms of like, things where people thought something would end up one way, but it didn't exactly end up that way. Uh, For all my non-St. Louis listeners, drove is terminology for being mad, sad, confused, or just plain oblivious. Like at the end of the day, you thought it was gonna work out, but it did not. So back in the news again, bringing this full circle, Facebook apologized after its artificial intelligence labeled a video of black men as primates or monkeys. What? Yes. Yes. Oh my so God. this was earlier in September, but Facebook issued an apology after the New York uh, Times reported on their AI's error. And it was basically a video of some uh, black men out and about and they were celebrating a birthday and the video had been uploaded by another news outlet and so on the video like I said before it was a group of black men who were celebrating a birthday and the clip captured a white man actually like harassing the black man but in the scope of the bigger issue the error was that You know how Facebook, they typically have it if you're watching videos 
to kind of keep you on the site and to keep watching the videos. They include a feature where it'll be like, oh, do you want to keep seeing videos of this? Like, do you want to keep seeing beauty videos? You want to keep seeing food videos? But in this instance, another employee captured the era when she looked because it said that, do you want to keep seeing videos about primates? And that was the message that came up underneath the video and a lot of people are like um this is kind of like unacceptable because why is this even a thing like why would the technology read that at the end of the day these are people and not animals but it's interesting because I feel like I always see a lot of things that people bring up just in terms of like racism and technology that people don't think about because people would just be like oh this is for the better good of the world in general, whereas there are still things that this technology can pick up on if mm. it isn't over overseen by an actual human being. Yeah. yeah, like I know, for instance, this article also brought up in 2015 how Google Images got in trouble because there was some sort of recognition software that classified a group of Black people in a photo as gorillas. Wow. So this is the second. So Google's done it and Facebook has done it. Their technology yes. has not identified human people. Mm-hmm. As Instead, it's been like, oh, right. this is some sort of like monkey or gorilla or animal. And it's like, that's racist. Yes, very much so. Like, how wow. can you not be, how is nobody overseeing that to be like, oh, that's definitely an error. We need this. Yeah. Check eight. Yeah, they're entering their technology, their technology that they whatever that they put because all it is is coding. Mm-hmm. coding that you all put into a system to identify things, certain things as such, mm-hmm. and for you all to like not have identification for primates versus black people mm-hmm. enough differentiation between the two. Yeah, that's that reminds me of the um, whole dilemma with the censored hand washing in the bathrooms you heard about that no i haven't how you go to the bathroom and there'll be like the no touch like Mm -hmm. a lot of times when black people are trying to do those like the soap dispenser or the or the water it doesn't recognize because of how dark our skin is wow that is something else another thing another thing that's another racist like technology where this this sensor has not been put in to identify brown and people of people of color with mm-hmm. dark skin to see our mo- movement with our brown skin and to turn the water or soap on. Oh, so that's wow. something else that's happened. Yeah, that I, that's similar to that technology being <laughs> programmed as racist. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what, though? It makes more sense, too, when you hear about Black people being in technology. Like, we need more people in tech because if nobody like us are overseeing this these are errors that just go about like oh well we can't fix that we can't do anything yep. about it because they don't see it as an actual issue yep no one's calling it out and being like holding them accountable to what's to what's right actually right for that mm-hmm. yeah. and that's crazy i had never thought about that because i you know you do have that little issue where you go up you're like wait a second why yeah. so you, most of the time we have to do this Turn our, you know, our open face hand over to see it. That's what I usually do when it doesn't work on this side. Wow, I had never thought, Lord, see, that's just how I know racism is in everything. Everything. Black people can't catch a break. That's why I know I always have friends, like, 
even with the recent news about Jeff Bezos going to space and all of yeah. this space for stuff, I'm like, Black people, we can stay on Earth. We got some stuff that we need to deal with first before right. we try to jump off jump off the porch and go to space. Because I don't yeah. want to go to space and aliens races or something yeah. out there happen to people. No, I don't we have time. time. <laughs> we just trying to fight. We ain't got time to fight no other extraterrestrial ass. <laughs> I know I don't. I personally don't want to fight any racist aliens, have any sort of civil wars. (laughs) It's enough going on. But you guys, that is it for today's episode. It was a pleasure having Amber on and her being forthcoming about her experience with cyber stalking and having that issue. Um, Again, you guys, I'll try to make sure I post some sort of resources just in the description for this episode, if that's something you're encountering. But Amber, would you mind telling my listeners where they can find you at, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll have to prove you because of cyber stalking, but <laughs> my Instagram handle is Bayou, and that's B-A-Y-O-U dot Blipster, which is Black Hipster, B-L-I-P-S-T-E-R. Once again, Bayou dot Blipster. And then um, on Twitter, it is uh, at underscore A-M-B-I-E underscore, so at underscore A-M-B underscore, um, and Facebook is just my name, Amber Walker, but yeah, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. Not a problem. It was a pleasure, and you guys, you know, I'm gonna always do my little spiel at the end of the episode, but as somebody who's an avid complainer, I do not mind hearing the complaints of others, but only when it is right. So let me judge your annoyances, both big and small, and you can email them them to me at annoyednotoffended at gmail.com. But thanks again for tuning in, you guys. Thanks for listening to Annoyed Not Offended with See It. Have a question or interested in sharing an annoyance of your own to be read on the show? Email annoyednotoffended at gmail.com. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Annoyed Not Offended for more hilarious content and updates on the show. And please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, bye.